Mike check, Mike check. Wake up, wake up. This is the Get Up Podcast. We are back from a little Thanksgiving. As Jay-Z said, if you say Thanksgiving, I call it a murder. But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> came back from the hashtag indigenous, happy indigenous people day. Um a lot has happened you woke, since woke. then. <laughs> you woke woke. Yeah. Um how was everybody's Thanksgiving? It was really only like a week and a half ago at Stop Pharaoh. Um, it was good, you know, you just eat too much food, <laughs> hang out yeah. with family and watch football. I mean Pharaoh. <laughs> Pharaoh came down to New York and I had a goal uh, to what I first of all. Yeah, no, it was good. I can't, I can't even complain. My girl cooked. Her mom came up. Um, I had a couple of my sons come through, so it was lit. Uh, then I ran down to New York for the weekend. Went to a hair concert with my cousin. Did some errands at my mother's house. It was a full <laughs> Thanksgiving. And to our listeners, I know, of course, Pharaoh when he, you know, rambled through that, he was he went to the her concert, the H. The, the artist, her concert that was uh, in Madison Square Garden. And I asked you, Pharaoh, um, how do you... No, it was at Brooklyn still. In Brooklyn? We to the, uh, uh, the Barclays S- Center? Sound, uh, so select. It was, it was at Brooklyn still. The same oh, shit. The oh, shit. So a nice little small, uh, not small, but a little bit more um, intimate venue. That yeah. is a dope spot. I do like that spot. <laughs> yeah, I honestly can't see her playing a lot. Like, it was such a... Just the way her style is, she seems more like a lounge type singer yeah. performer. Yeah. So I would... I don't know how it would look at a larger venue to be honest and i remember i asked you what you thought of the um of the concert and tell 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 the listeners what you told me in regards to i mean of course yeah, that concert yeah. was magical although i felt like the crowd wasn't giving her the energy she needed at some point but she was hot she was her good. backup dancers were in sync like they put on a show it was mm. definitely like dancing on your heartstrings good stuff mm. living your best life out here <laughs> yeah, definitely living your best life out here. And um we wanna give a should we do a moment of silence for H for HW? Yeah, give him a moment. George of Bush. George Bush Senior. Uh, no, what do why do you that? why do you say that? I why didn't know we did that? that. I didn't know we did that. I, I didn't know that was like a show thing, but uh Yeah, I didn't know that was a show thing either. I, I give him some respect. But technically this respect. is the first president to die since we've started the show. Sure, yeah. So. That is true. That is true. Um so we won't do a mole size, but we will recognize him. Yeah. Um what do you guys think of his presidency? Since you, since you are, you are both of you are the historians of the uh, of the podcast for the most part. Fair <laughs> uh, I'll let you go first, and then uh, I'll piggyback. I mean, <laughs> the problem is the problem is is we're thinking Bush now that we have Trump. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I can't really say he was a horrible president. You know what I'm saying? I think he had maybe a few regular Republican policies that I don't fully agree with. But I don't think in any shape or form he threatened our democracy. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that in that we have a different um, goalpost or a different lens to view him. If we were viewing him during the Obama presidency, we'd be like, Iran-Contra and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, but now we're like, well, yeah, he didn't try to destroy the country. So, you know, yeah. I, I do think, though, that... Um, Certain things that he was able to do, um, especially with like balancing balancing the budget, um, you know, raising raising taxes to secure our future, and that's and not just, what Republicans do. They're they're not about yeah, you know, taxes. that's a Democratic thing. 
um yeah he was he was able like he was a he was a good he was good at what he was doing which was being president mm. now yeah. like I th- he was a decent human being like yeah. i think even compared because i think the president before doesn't he take over for nixon no he took over he took over for um reagan Okay. Reagan, sorry, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. think that's enough. He took over for Reagan after Reagan's debacle. So that's another part of his presidency. It's like he was the next guy in line. It was kind of that yeah. time when the vice president became a president. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. And I, I think that there's like a, you know, there's like a level of competence with him. Like it's one of those things where like, if you look at Bush uh, Jr., like he was incompetent at his job of being president. But George Bush Sr. was really great at the things that he was doing. So if you didn't agree with them, you just didn't agree with them. But they were the correct actions for a president to do. Um, so I, I think that like we kind of miss that nowadays where our last, like if you look at the since like 2000, yep. we've had yep. two incompetent presidents and one competent one. Mm. Um, and it was back in the day. I when- would even go further <laughs> to say as that, that I don't know whole we've had inexperienced presidents like obama was not an experienced politician decent president yeah but not an experienced politician bush is really the last experienced senior guy to hold <laughs> yeah he's the yeah he's the last experienced president we've had to be honest and, and i think that is something that gets kind of overlooked with him where he had like every he was a congressman he was the head of the cia he was a vice president he was a diplomat he was like the last i think he's like the last president who fought in the war um like it's you know it's kind of like insane the the amount of experience that he had that he put to 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 use so i do think like you know you have to look at the good and the bad but i think in general like i think that um, his presidency was something that people um, look back on fondly, or can see can see more positives than negatives. No, that's good. I guess he deserves that moment of silence you were selling us earlier. I was just trying to say, you know, it's the president, and you guys spoke so uh, so highly of him just now. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, just as we talked about it, I was like, yeah, I just. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll give uh, George H. W. Bush just a moment of silence here. All right, and we are back. Yes, yes, we are. We are back. Um, so today's podcast. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, yes. Whoever listens to this is it's going to be controversial because yes, it is about religion, and that is a um, touchy subject. Touchy subject. Um, but we are hoping that everybody who listens to this comes with an open mind and does not. Well, when you deal with religion, sometimes you get touched. But ding. Oh. <laughs> Damn, damn, too soon. <laughs> Get touched by the spirit. Word <laughs> gets opinion. Uh, what did the Pope do not too long ago? Wasn't he not going to charge, um, file charges or or speak uh, um, uh, against that one Pope who? Well, anyways, anyways. Um, so I'm not too sure if um, if our listeners uh, heard of that. Well, this is basically where we're going to start at. Uh, that missionary guy. Um, I'm actually pulling up that information right now. Um, missionary was killed on a remote Indian island. Um, this particular Indian island um, was remote for a reason. <laughs> it, they wanted to keep it remote. Um, John Allen. Not even that it's remote. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, go let's ahead. really build the bigness. All right, let's build it up. Build it, build it. La- 
these are one of the last group of human beings descended from the first group of human beings to leave Africa. Mm. Their culture has not changed since the we would call, I guess, the prehistoric age. All right. Mm. So they haven't been exposed to human beings. They're highly susceptible to all the new diseases we've yeah, developed in the past few thousand years. Human beings have been fucking and doing shit on this side of the world. So it is extremely important that no one go fuck with these people. Yep. This per- so these particular people um, were in the North Sentinel Islands, a particular forbidden island in the uh, and excuse my um, butchering the sea name, but Adaman Sea with a long history of repelling outsiders. Um, this particular missionary, John Allen Chow. Technically, they're as close to the Black Panther Wakanda as you're going to get. Just, oh. <laughs> just as a just as a uh, a current current event topic. Um, uh, similarity there. Uh, so John Allen Chow uh, wanted to go spread the word of god spread the word of christianity in its glory to these people um in a remote island because they they needed jesus they needed god they needed christianity in their life and it would make them a better person a better people to accept the word of your lord and savior jesus christ um However, these remote people said, nah, nah, we not having none of that shit. Don't. And uh, you know this, man. (laughs) And you know this, man. Stay the fuck away for a reason. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. So this John Allen Chow, Chow, whatever, Chow, he, uh. He falls in line with that guy from like North, that white kid from North Korea who decided to go there and deface something. Well, I, I think it's slightly. Also, also can, I add, yes. can I add two things? Go ahead. In the entire modern history of these people, there have been maybe four to three attempts or four to three known people interacting with them. Everyone dies except for one time, and that's the time when the Indian government went to check on them after a major hurricane. And the Indian government has been studying so long that they know that the people like to pick coconuts out the water because coconuts don't grow on the island. Mm. So the only reason the Indian government, like, little group, survey group, didn't get killed is because they started throwing coconuts in the water before they came ashore. So then they came ashore and the people are treating them all nice and shit, and everyone's like, well, clearly coconuts are the secret. So this missionary guy was also an idiot. He did absolutely no research. Research, Because anyone who did any research would know if you come into the island you want to talk to people, bring you some fucking coconuts. Nuts. It's not math science. Yeah, just bring, bring, bring. Almost in the old, the the, the olden days, well, you're, you're going to barter for something. Bring an offering. Exactly, for the gods. exactly. I'm bringing an offering to you. Please don't. You know, we come in, we come in in, I, in solidarity. I, I I think there's maybe there's a lot of you know different stories going around about this because he, from what I heard, he did bring gifts, mm. and that tribe just does not care what you're bringing. Um, they see people from the outside and they're going to kill you. Mm. Um, so he didn't bring coconuts though. I think he brought like stupid, like whatever he brought wasn't the right. He, yeah. He brought like modern people gifs and they were like, where the coconuts bitch dead eye. <laughs> and also like he, <laughs> he, he went there twice. Like he went there the first time and they started shooting arrows at him. Look at this. Okay. And then he, you know, he leaves, he has to like dive into the water and like swim back to the boat. 
And then he goes there the second time, and that's when the last time they seen him. So this just begs the question. So you went there the first time, right? So I believe that... um, you know, he is possibly privy to this cliche saying, you touch the stove, you will get burned. Right? Yeah. And so he goes the first time. And and hopefully he has uh, the knowledge and, you know, and, and has spoken to people. Yeah. And these people are saying, no, like, this is an island where nobody goes. We This is, this is clear cut. We know. Leave those motherfuckers alone. So what about Christianity needed him to go back again to go spread the holy word? Like what 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 is it about Christianity that needed to save quote unquote these particular I mean they seemed peaceful and fine beforehand. As Pharaoh said, these are one of the last like uh indigenous people or whatever the case is to this island and have been there for centuries and decades. Like these are last prehistoric human beings to be using technology, language, and living a, a lifestyle similar to what we did before we started using fire and stuff. Yeah. They don't use fire naturally. They only use fire when it's created by like by lightning. Mm. That's the huge difference. So they're the they're they're called it's like a checkpoint. Yep. Like if you want to kind of know how humans live before all this bullshit we created today, before we mastered fire. They're the best example we have of that. Yep. So much of the bones and stuff we're digging up are more closer to that split when we're talking about how human beings spread across the planet, how they develop. Those guys are the last cultural link. Yes. They're the link before human beings started smelling their shit <laughs> and trying to destroy the world. And so these group of people are called the Sentinelese. Um, and apparently an anthropologist said you cannot take the Sentinelese for granted. Now, now, hopefully, the Pope or any other missionary w- would go there and decide to, we need to spread the word of God. <laughs> I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't. Um, it's almost like you know, um, imperialism by Christianity, right? Okay. Like you're, they have their own established culture. They live apart from everybody else, and they've made it very clear that they don't want anybody showing up. Mm-hmm. Every time somebody tries to show up, they try to kill them. And this person feels like his religion, the way he lives, the way he exists is better. And, you know, you can have that debate, you can have that argument, but he, there was no real reason for him to show up to that island by himself with some gifts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to do, do something like that, it needs to be, um, more planned out more you know like you need to do like further work you can't just go on a boat with some like nintendo wii games and like try to like <laughs> yeah we can win you, you know over. like oh yeah i'm gonna teach you the word and you're gonna be happy nah they don't you know last people who went to that island were like british imperialists trying to sell them for slaves like it's not you know you have to you you, you have to know kind of your history before you end up does, at these places do, does this have they a, not fucking with people they not fucking with people um does this have a close tie to a Christopher Columbus-esque, I mean, not in, not fully. We understand that, you know, he didn't set out to, you know. Make it simple. Something. It's more like, it's more like basic Christian bullshit. Remember, Christians started to create, Christian are the colonialists who okay. fucked up Africa. It's okay. the same thing Christianity has been doing this whole time, mm. fucking up the old world. Christianity mm. has never had the respect for the old world. That's their whole coming about in history is that. 
we hate the way people used to do things and we think there's a better way and everyone should do it our way because go. our God said if you don't listen to us you're burning fire we're just yeah. trying to save your souls yeah. out here destroying cultures raping children across the world still telling us they're going to try to save our souls mm. and then um, actually I wanted to uh, bring up a meme but I don't know if everybody saw it we posted it on our Instagram but that pastor that was uh, flying over the congregation in his in his harness yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, if you guys peeped that. Yeah, I think everybody peeped that. <laughs> that was so hilarious. Like, please get get him down from there. Like, what is he doing up there? Like, what's that got to do is with the, about, about the word? About the word. Like, and now you want to go ahead and possibly ask people for like who paid for that? For, <laughs> like, like for like you you, you got to think somebody paid for that, right? Somebody was like, uh, should we donate to the children, exactly. or should we make the pastor fly over the congregation? Uh, and I think it's even more ass nine. The pastor flying gonna be hot. <laughs> I think it's even more ass nine in that it shows like so like it, for instance like you know in having a church in having a religion your job is to make other people believe that your religion is true no matter what religion that is. Yeah. And what you're proving basically is that like you don't have the power to fly over the congregation right like you have to have ropes and buoys like there's no god that's carrying you over there's no miracle happening like you know what i'm saying like it almost proves that what you're what you're reading is wrong you know what i'm saying like god like jesus could walk on water but now you got like little makeup things to show you doing it (laughs) so that you like now so you can't walk on the water like you're flying in the air You know, I believe in you. You're not flying in the air. I want to see. There is this uh, comedian who actually put this up. Is it okay if I if if I if I uh, play that? What do you guys? I think? mean, if you have like a clip, I, I don't, don't want to hear like a two hour. No, it's not a two hour thing. But I don't even know exactly what he said in it. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, vet it first. You know, we want. We don't yeah. want to do what Donald Trump um, doesn't or does do, where he doesn't or he decides not to. You know, vet his vet his, just, just vet his from people. the gut. You know, yeah. he, what, what was his quote? Um, the best people. It comes from the gut. <laughs> comes from the gut. It's like I don't have to think about it because my gut is better. I forget what the quote is. <laughs> Uh, if uh, this presidency has done anything it has given us great quotes oh yes yeah, oh yeah oh yeah for Truth sure. is the not- best quotes <laughs> for sure um so that so i just wanted to kind of then lead that you know into our more or less um the deep dive aspect of this right yeah. so you know not, for the most part all jokes aside but you know we all always want to continue to you know add lightheartedness into uh, any particular um, deep dive or conversation, right? Hmm. But um, we want to more or less talk about the the black church, right? Um, and guys, I mean, help me if, if this is correct, but do we want to just focus on black churches or do we want to just focus on or do we want to focus on churches in general let's just do the black churches like we planned yeah and go through the three steps okay (laughs) um so we have uh you know just a few questions and i'm actually going to kick it to you s dot um and to we'll we'll go through kind of like what we want to detail in this sphere sure sure so i i think a great way to start this off is with all of us being African-American males, um, we've all had experiences with religion and specifically with the black church. And, you know, if we could all just start off and maybe just detail our experience um, 
with the church and kind of where we are with it now just to give the listeners a baseline mm. to kind of where we are at before we dive into the discussion moving forward okay so like you know um so yeah so off. um church for me uh, i for the most part grew up in the church mm-hmm. um of course Estat and i we went to church together uh Every once in a yeah, while. Yeah. S. Dot didn't go to a traditional black church. No. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. We'll get, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a minute. But um I went to a traditional, for the most part, black church, but I would say they were they were middle class uppity blacks, I would say. Hmm. And um let's see, but it was still a great church. I still love my home church, Antioch Baptist Church. Um and do you still do you still go to church or no? So um, actually, I was gonna get to that part. Um, so for the most part, like we, I went to church mostly almost every Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and then it just got to a point where my my family stopped going, but I continued to go, and that's when, of course, I started to go to your church, and okay. then um, then uh, went back to my church, was going there, you know on and off so for the most part because my best friend also went to that church so we would of course go because his mom was like you're going to church <laughs> there's, there's, on sundays like and that was and that was just what was expected so yeah. it was kind of yeah. i would say it was kind of like the i would say almost like the typical black i would say sort of experience with that where it's like sunday that's what you're doing sunday, that's however you're doing. i it wasn't as serious where it's like bible study and all that stuff i didn't have to go i didn't have to do all of that thank god right, right, right. <laughs> i didn't have to do all of that but every sunday that's where we were we participated in the church plays all that stuff on mm. christmas had to recite all of those <laughs> those scriptures <laughs> and, and plays when you had christmas concerts so yes so um but even so now um, I don't frequent. So now I believe I have gotten to the point where I'm that I'll go during like the holidays sort of thing. <laughs> and, the, and, and I didn't mean for it to ever be like that. I would, I wanted to continue to go. Here come Easter. Gotta get that Easter best. But even so, like last year, I, I, um, I I was like it was actually during Easter and I was and I was like damn it actually's been a year since I've been at church yeah because the year before that I went and I was like all right no I'm gonna get back in it I'm gonna wake up like at least once a month we'll do it right yeah, and then yeah. we can make it you know I don't want to overshoot and be like I'm going every Sunday because that's not happening right but um yeah no dude it just didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> those Sundays I'm like but just because it's like you know emceeing and DJing and stuff like that especially on like Friday Saturday like yeah. I'm not really trying to wake up early. On on a Sunday, and I'm sorry, Sunday. you know, but, um, yeah, but, uh, Pharaoh, so what was your, um, what was your, and I would I'd love to hear, I mean, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, this one's not. <laughs> what was your relationship with the black church? So I grew up like Steve in a black church, very kind of traditional. The only thing is I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist church. Oh, you were Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Yeah. So they're the Christians who go to church on Saturday because the Bible says God rests on the seventh day of the week and the seventh day is Saturday. Yeah. Uh, What most people don't know is that a Roman Pope changed the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday to make it easier to bring the pagans they were conquering under the uh, Roman Christian Roman uh, Empire uh, into more acceptable into their religion. So they changed the day of worship from Saturday to Saturday and Sunday, and eventually just became Sunday. Mm. So they started persecuting all the people who wanted to keep going to church on Saturday. History lesson. Those people ran. Yeah, those people ran away in the hills 
come back then a few thousand years after the Protestant Reformation, a few hundred years after the Protestant Reformation or during the Protestant Reformation uh, and become Adventists. Mm. So my church culture was a little unique, but very much black because yeah. the blacks have their own aspect of the Seventh-day Adventist church. Uh, my family is highly devout. I have two uncles who are pastors. One's a theologian and one's the kind of pastor he picks up the Bible but never opens it because he knows everything in there. Okay. Um, so my family is very spiritual and, you know, to say belief doesn't, you know, come into reality among my family members would be an absolute lie. Okay. So for me, what happened is I went to Bible study. I was a youth pastor. Oh, you was a, oh, you people, was a Bible style? Okay. People, okay. people still talk today about prayers. I said when I was young, like, okay. they thought I was about to be the next shit. The problem was... In my studies, I had a pastor tell me that I could study all the other religions and never find a God who sacrificed as much as Jesus did for mankind. That was easily a lie within five minutes of studying. Oh, dang. Um, and that discrepancy caused me my first major doubt. Can I ask you, can I, I, can, I, hmm? Farrell, can I ask you, why do you believe... <laughs> He said that. Like, why do you believe? Because I don't why, think like, what, he what is knew. It about Honestly, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he knew. He he took me for some small dumb child. All the pastors who had been mentoring to me up into this point took me very much more seriously. Um, so they didn't say little stupid stuff like that. They were very clear because they knew I would go and look. Were you were they you thinking of aunt. becoming? <laughs> were you thinking of becoming like that? Could uh, at that point in my life, if you met me, you would say this kid's going to be a pastor when he grows up. Okay. There was no doubt in anyone's mind. Okay. All right? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so understand, my change in role was a <laughs> little bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Like what? More so. More so to the church members than my actual family members because i think my family members i've always been they, a very questioning yeah. human yeah you know what i'm saying so even how they answer my questions is different than how they would answer my cousin's questions because they knew i'm i'm gonna go look i'm yeah. gonna find out the yeah. answer yeah. so anyway this little bit of doubt forced me to read the bible from front to back for like a real book and I was done after that. Once I read from Genesis to Revelation, front to back, I asked myself, is this the kind of human being I want to be? And the answer was no. Mm. The Leviticus, Leviticus completely turned me off. I'm not that kind of human being. I, I just can't do that. I don't believe in that level of control or force of right over your fellow man. I, got I believe in a little bit more freedom. Also, from there, everything went downhill. I started questioning everything. The church, how the church was organized, how, why there's white churches and black churches, how black congregations, how you can go to like a huge meeting of all the churches and just see the open racism that the white Christians still do towards the black Christians. Like the shit turned me off. Mm. Um, and I've been done ever since. You know, you can, I'm a very realistic person. If you're trying to get me to be on your side, you gotta tell me the truth and be 100% with me from the stump. Once your truth is alive, it's a wrap. And there's so much in the Bible that is easy to digest and sounds good. But when you put the Bible in the context of human history, all of it's been around before. The Bible is really a congregation of all the best human philosophies, all some of the best human stories, the best mythology, all put into one and rewritten to be palatable. Mm. 
So, of course, you can pick it up. Any person can pick it up and start reading and think it's the truth. It's made that way. Yeah. It hits on all the little cultures. On everything. <laughs> it, hits, it does hit on all. Well written. So, yeah, on, since then, I've been on my spiritual journey because what happened was with that teeth, that guy didn't realize that when I went to look at the other gods he sacrificed, their sacrifices just meant more to me. Prometheus sacrificed himself so mankind could have fire and his lung, his liver just eaten out every fucking day. That's not bad. Damn. Odin hung himself from a fucking trees so human beings could have the ability to write. Writing gave us the ability to record records so each generation doesn't have to start off as dumb as the last generation. That's fundamental. Mm. And then you have Osiris who basically gets killed by his brother for teaching human beings how to farm and worship the gods. Which is, come on, farming is how we even built civilization. That is true. So, there's a couple others too, but them three right there, I'm like, I'm all set. Mm. Jesus died for our sins. Motherfuckers are still sinning. So what did he die for? So you could talk to God directly Okay, <laughs> like it didn't it didn't resonate with me as realistic. Um, mm. I was even fucking with Hercules more than I was fucking with Jesus after that. Okay, <laughs> I mean, look at Hercules; he's out here suffering. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong; he's not the best guy, yeah. but he's trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not. I, that is very interesting but to hold hear. On, that. I will, yeah, I will ahead. have to say this last point. I absolutely love the story of Jesus Christ. Okay, and I will tell anyone this: I, for me, I can have the Bible without. I can have Jesus Christ with all of the other stuff in the Bible mm. because his story from birth to death is inspirational enough. Love thy neighbor, treat of yourself selflessly. These are philosophies that I will live by for the rest of my life. It's all that other shit in the Bible that I think is unrealistic or doesn't make the world a better place. Okay. Okay. And then um, lastly, Estat with, and of course uh, we want to touch on everything that, uh, cause this is going to be good. So we had, I was, a you went to, went to Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pharaoh was a seventh day Adventist and you are or were <laughs> um so for the majority of of my religious experience i was mormon mm. um a black my, mormon let's take that in yeah. let's take that in a black mormon yeah yeah it was like my my mom was like a, a hippie um she, she was you know like yeah. she was flying by whatever she was like in every religion possible <laughs> and you know when but i that, but i mean that's a good thing because i mean you were able to see different yeah i was able to see know? a lot of different versions of christianity okay um so I've, I've been to black churches i've been to all these different ones but the majority of my time i, I spent as a mormon um I, I think that for me at least the the two things that well i, I so I think I look at religion two ways. I, I look at it fundamentally. Does it make sense to me? And the majority of it never really did Okay. Um, for me. And the second part is that I, from meeting Christians in different areas, I got the sense that they didn't believe what they were saying to me. Um, so like if you tell somebody that for all of eternity, they would burn in hell if they have sex yep. and they still go do it. That, that strikes me as you don't believe the shit you're telling me. Mm. And then as you push somebody, so like if you say the, the Bible is truth and I say, okay, in the Bible says being gay is wrong. Mm-mm. How do you feel about that? And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, that was back in the day. We've evolved. Like that book didn't evolve. That's what the book says. And D.L. Hughley now, said that the black church is the gayest place on earth. And Facts. you know, <laughs> we this is. I'm well, trying to tell you. As I said, our listeners, I hope that you listen with an open. But yeah, we need to. We yep. get into and, the nitty gritty. But I want people don't const- construe what I'm saying as me being 
anti-gay what i'm saying is that if you are a christian and the book says that if you truly believe that that book is a hundred percent right you have to believe all the backward shit that's in there yeah so you have to believe in being able to sell your daughter as slaves and stoning people for you know eating meat on tuesdays like like all that backward stuff yeah like you have like if you're if your general premise is that this is the fundamental book dictated by god like you have to believe that and when i found out that most people didn't and i was defending beliefs that nobody believed i was like this is odd um so i think that was the thing that took me took me out of it and can then, i uh can i play an old school uh, can you keep that though? can i yeah, just yeah. because you're talking about uh about um you were talking about like you know, gay and so forth, uh, and preachers and so forth. Yeah. I just want to play that old school. Wait, wait, let, hold, let on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, no, hold on. Whatever it is, you need God to do. He just told you it's done right now. What you- I'm not gay. I would not date a man. I would not tear a purse. I would not put on makeup. I will. I will. All right, so that was that was um, Caldwell, uh, uh, Andrew Caldwell, back in the day. You know, they, he's married now, right? Exactly. Went to a woman. Exactly. I just saw an interview with him. Like, you know, he's living the life as he wants to live his life. Yeah, and he actually uh, is delivered now from uh, from that end, of course. Um, yeah, but you know, like that, that's what it says. Like, you got to believe it. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I, I so when when I see, um stuff like that no and um fair i'm sorry i don't think that he's married to a, a woman no i think he is you think so I, yeah, no he did i just saw his interview bro his 2018 interview he's with a woman now he's married he's living his straight life like his he's consistently been after that hold what on. he's said I just, he's wanted to be play this. That I just wanted to play this really quickly hold on go ahead i was new to church at the time, I've always been in church my whole life, but as grown, I was new to it. I only going to church just to shout and to see who I was going to sleep with, with pastor. But at that church, they they delivered out of me. They were snatching that out of me. But now I get hard for women. I don't get hard for men. Ain't nothing wrong with the flirtation. <laughs> but I'm still delivered. The morning that I woke up, God told me to go to the store. I went and got me a bow tie, jacket, and all that. I just felt peace that day, like so much peace. And later that night, I was sitting down in the chair, and I was like, it's time for prayer. I went up there for prayer. I got the mic. He said, what do you want God to do? And I said, I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. I don't like men no more. I said, I'm delivered. With the tea, I went home with the sleep, and I got back up and I said, Lord, use me, because I want to be used. I started receiving lots of messages on my Facebook page. I'm like, oh, okay, some of the church people follow me, that's nice. And then that morning when I got up, people was knocking at my door to interview me. And they said, when your video went viral, I said, what video? I said, the church had me live and it didn't tell me. I thought that screens in the church was only the people in the church and people watching it on the internet. Because at the time, it looked like I made a mock of God. I was not ready for this. I was not ready to be thrown in the spotlight. I wanted to kill myself. I had got me a glass. 
All right, so that's that. But yeah, I mean, Phil, you were right. He did say he he likes uh, he he likes women. However, and I don't want to be stereotypical, but don't voice, judge him because you're about to judge him. All right, I, I had a conversation with someone the other week. Even you believe you. people have a right to choose their own destiny and live life how they want to, true, true, or you're true. trying to tell them based on their behaviors, interaction, the tone of voice, they should be living another lifestyle. It's A or B, bro. That is very true. Amen. Go ahead. I I I respect that one. Yeah, and I also think that you know if um if you're a Christian, you should believe that that. Should Can we happen. Get back to S-Dot's story? I just that's him. Like S. Dot's talking about. That's what he's talking oh, about right okay. now. No, so yeah, I was just saying that. Like, I, I I saw that aspect of, it and I always saw down that to be confusing. And then just some of the fundamental questions of, you know, like how if you read the Bible, just how how petty, like this ultimate being is. It's a it's a being that's supposed to be able to create black holes and quasars with the snap petty of a finger, and like he's like. Oh, like if you live in this area and you don't know about me, you get burnt in hell. Like it doesn't make any, I don't know, a lot of it doesn't make much sense to me. Mm. So I, you know, what I tell people all the time when they ask me about religion is like, I can't tell you that there is no God. I can't tell you that there is no higher power, but I can tell you that the majority of religions, the way we look at it are most likely wrong. Mm. And that's the best way I can I can uh, <laughs> articulate it. Okay. Okay. All right. So now that we touched on our uh, experience within the black church, let's break down the next one. So what I want to talk about next is um, when we're looking at our, our modern day times, we look at a lot of how the, how the black church has evolved to the point where now we have people like Cleflo Dollar um, being angry that he can't buy, you know, private planes. And we're, we're, we're seeing how the church has evolved throughout our community where it went from people like Dr. King leading the black movement to now, you know, from the clip that we showed at the beginning, this pastor coming in, you know, being hung from the top of the church as he cascades through like kind of clownish and i wanted to ask what do we think the the black church's place is within our community and what do we think it's it's um it's relevance is at this point in time uh Farrell, so what do you i think, think that's it I think that's a great question because it's something I have often struggled with because when it comes to the context of black Americans or being black in America, the church is really a focal point of community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether I disagree, whether I agree or disagree with the things they're doing or the reasons they're gathering, the fact that black people gather in family type settings weekly to congregate in and of itself is a blessing. So it's one of those things where I wish black people gathered in another way at another venue. But in that regard, that's still true. Black churches, when certain black people are running for certain political positions, that church really does pull a lot of that money together. Uh, the centralization of the congregation allows for messaging to easier go out throughout the community through the black church. Uh, many of the large walks, the President Obama's inauguration, um, the even the Women's March, things like that go through the church. The churches have a lot of say in getting buses and making sure people show up to these events. Um, churches have been getting a lot more political with voter registration drives and things like this. So it's a double-edged sword. There's always that context that you can never forget that the slave masters gave us the black church. The slave masters created the black first black preachers to help keep the masses under line. So 
the relevancy is hard to grow apart because it still does positive things for the community, even though the preachers are living these godless, godly lifestyles and taking money from poor congregations. It's a hard, it's a hard say. They feed people still, food drives. I don't know. And that was, and that's my thing too. Like we can't say, and I know that we're not saying that these mega churches, um, for instance, aren't doing things in the community. They are most definitely doing things in within the community. Um, but would we say? So, okay. So we had that most recent, um, I would say, uh, debacle that happened with uh, the. Um, or Joel Orstein's church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, during, yeah, Joel Orstein, and with um, the what? Which storm was that hit? Was it the one that hit Houston, right? Yeah, exactly. And he um, didn't let anybody in the church. didn't let anybody, in, of course, in the church. Then, of course, he was saying that he wanted to make sure they wanted to make sure that it was safe because apparently it was flooding within there. But of mm-hmm. course, this is a mega church. Why not? You know why not let everybody in there? Apparently, there were news anchors and uh, and um, journalists who went there and said this looks fine. You know, there was so, no water there. <laughs> exactly, there was no water there. Uh, so within our role in the church, it's like you know, or, or with the church's role within the black community. Just as Pharaoh says, I know that uh, they do uh, tremendous things within um, within within the community, and of course with tithes and offering you know not being um not for the most part being uh, accessible to to of course those who um who who attend because they are going through you know going through it you know mm-hmm. uh financially and everything some people may have lost a job or whatever the case may be but we do have those radical ones right with creflo dollar asking for uh (laughs) help to buy a jet there was another um there was another pastor who asked to help buy like a a piece a a piece to a helicopter before you hold on before you bring on the prosperity gospel i think i want to talk about that aspect okay go ahead uh, so what is the purpose of the churches i've always that's one of the big questions for me and my growth as a kid was that I didn't feel like the institution uplived by the false Christ. If there was a storm and Jesus Christ was on his earth, he would force every fucking church so people could find shelter in there. Mm. The fact that at night in New York City there are churches that roll out these spikes on their steps so the homeless don't sleep there or even have fences around their churches to keep the homeless from sleeping there, that's not a place for Jesus Christ. That's not and a I've been very place, vocal. Yeah. I've, I'll be very vocal to people who go to churches like that. I said, if your church has anti-homeless things on it or isn't the first to open this door in a time of crises or give out food weekly, then this is not a place of Jesus Christ. Mm. This is a place of man. Mm. And I think it's very important to be truthful about that. That man have taken over the religion, the religion of Jesus Christ. That's yeah, not Jesus I anymore. Agree. That's men. Yeah, I agree. And you're using his word, his image, and his teaching as sacrifice to bolster your own man shit. And not to and not to compare exactly what Pharaoh is saying to like sleeve masters. But I mean, we can almost say that that is exactly as Pharaoh's mentioned before. At the very least feudal lords. Yeah. And I mean, not slave masters, but they're definitely feudal lords. Yeah. Um, I, I think that when you're looking at the, 
so so there are two things I want to talk about. The first is that I believe, especially within the black church, that there's a certain amount of brain drain. Yeah. So when back in the day, really the only way you, you could be... what do you mean by be, brain drain? I'm sorry. Well, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to explain it. So right. when back in the day, the only real place as an African-American male you could find prominence was in the church. Exactly. You could be a pastor. Like yeah. that was the job you could have. Mm-hmm. You know, you couldn't be a banker. You couldn't be a teller. You could be a pastor. So the best people within that community became pastors. Mm-hmm. And therefore you had a very, very strong church because all the, you know, smartest, the well-educated black people went to, to the church and they were, were in the congregation. As time has evolved, all those people have been able to do other things. So now if you want to be wealthy, if you want to have prominence, now you can go, you can go work on wall street. You can go Mm. work in tech. You can go, you can do a lot of things other than be a Christian pastor. pastor, So you take all those people out and then you have, a certain amount of people who still want to stay there and, you know, be part of that, but it's not the same caliber of person. Mm. So I think that with the church, they have to decide what they are, right? When you're saying, are you an institution of God or you're an institution of man? Are you an institution that is there to contribute to the black community and really organize the black community for a force of good? Or are you a religious institution that is just trying to live by the word of God? Right? Because... And that's another thing. That's another thing. If you read the book, there in no shape or form is the God of Abraham beholden to do anything for African Americans mm. or black people in general. If you look and listen to what they're trying to say, it seems like they're trying to say that the people who went south were the Canaanites, and that would be Africa south of everywhere, especially the Middle East where this religion is basically grew up in. So you're basically saying that according to your religion, my ancestors are supposed to be slaves to the other two brothers because someone saw their father naked. Get know, the fuck right? out of here. Go exactly. fuck yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> tell them how you really feel, Pharaoh. Tell them how you really yeah, I mean, feel, sorry, baby. Sorry, I <laughs> you got I carried away. <laughs> but and that's not saying like we're talking about whether these institutions can be institutions of Jesus or institutions of man. For black people, they're always predominantly institutions of man because a man gave them to us for their own purpose yeah. to keep us docile. The black church has been the most negative effect to black progression in America. Why do you say they that? are the reason? Because Martin Luther King, when his, him and his rebellious group of pastors were fighting civil rights, the majority of black persons called them hooligans. They did not believe in what they were doing was right. And they thought it was the wrong way to go about it. All right. You know the whole black power movement and the Afro and all that? Do you know why we went back to dyeing our hair long? Because between a, a deal between the CIA and yeah, black churches like, yeah. and Essence magazine yeah. redoing the image, they completely bombed that whole moment of real self-identity and self-change. Mm. When the black church so should have been on the side of, of the people. Should have been yeah. on our side and yeah. talking about go back to your natural look, your natural image. The church can never truly be on black people's side. It's not our religion. It's not a religion of our ancestors it's the religion of slaves and honestly and and me, as long and as you're me, a black person you have to be honest about that yeah and let me also say this in regards to black churches that if these black churches are supposed to be you know for the people and especially we're speaking of black churches a lot of these black churches still have a uh a a, a fair skin a fair skin jesus right so 
if and, and my question is if they were so um if if they read the bible it, it passages within the bible clearly state you know that he had hair of you know wool or whatever the case is and and however they described like a beard not as a fair-skinned man it more or less was a dark-skinned man so why would why is the uh, the church you know especially the black church why are they still showing you know depictions of jesus uh to be of a fair skin well, I mean, he'd probably person. look like a Palestinian. Uh, well, in, exactly. in reality, he'd probably he look like be, a. He wouldn't be. He like, wouldn't be. He, would, yeah. he wouldn't look like a, a British person. Yeah, blue, you know, like blue eyed, blonde hair person. Um, yeah, but, but like how they how they show him. But you know, it's just like I always feel like that's a, wavy hair in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always feel like it's a it's one of those things where it's like a petty argument. Like, I, okay, like I get like you want a more realistic depiction of him, mm-hmm. fine. Um, but it's more along the lines of like. Like fair, we're talking about why are you rolling out spikes at night so homeless people for homeless people. Like yeah. I, I, I'll deal with the the white Jesus if mm. you let the homeless people sleep. In I the got thing. you. I you got know you. what I'm saying? Yeah. But like yeah. I, I feel like what you know. Facts. If, Facts. Um, if if they want to be an institution of black progression, then they have to decide that that's what they are, and then they can kind of get rid of all the Christian all mythology the, yeah. that they yeah. that they that they stick in there and yeah. then they can become a more powerful force mm. because when you have to say that oh we both are for black people and we are a part of Christianity then you have to contend with Christianity's racist path yeah. which is that black people wouldn't be I mean not black, all black people but the majority of black people would not be Christians if, if they weren't slaves mm. so like mm. you, you have to understand how that was given to them now you know if you're like Ethiopian that, that was part of your religion since then, before yeah, exactly. before white people ever even touched yeah. the continent yeah. but like just in general the the way that that was given to you wasn't even for religious purposes it was for you to not rebel against your masters so if we're talking we're, we're specifically talking domestically right now in the United yeah, States yeah yeah so exactly. like what I'm trying to say I guess is that maybe like back in the day I understood why it worked mm. and now that everybody has more information, I understand why it's so hard for it to work. Mm. And the black church and black people in general have to think about how you're going to reconfigure those institutions. Cause those institutions did so much good for a long period of time. Yeah. Like, you know, even though like when you're talking about Martin Luther King and how he was kind of leaving the mainstream establishment of that church, it still provided a, a way for him to push civil rights in a way that if that institution wasn't there, it would not have worked, you know? So like if you could move it to a modern day he time, like a, he had a, he had like a, uh, he had a platform. A, a, he had, yeah, exactly, you yeah. know, he, he had legitimacy in yeah. being part of this large black organization exactly. it's, um, it's and the, the people behind sword. it. Yeah. 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 It's a double edged sword because yeah. you're right. Mar- the civil rights movement is in most parts a black led by the black church yeah. who led by black church leadership but what you don't understand is that leaders of that movement were rebelling against the much larger yeah. church population at the time like your the million man march was not heavily supported by a lot of black institutions at the time there are a lot of churches who thought it was a bad idea were telling their congregant members not to go and then there were churches who were like yeah we need to do this we need to step up and there was rebellion from the ages older blacks and younger blacks heavily argued during this time yeah, I mean, it's um, so, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, with that institution, it, it's in flux right now. And I, I think that also kind of leads us to the next question was, do we think that the, the black church is still relevant? I was just about and, to kick it there, too. You know, um, should it be? Should mm. it be something that we, we fight for as a black institution or is it something that we should kind of let die and and move on to other more um, relevant 
institutions or things that we may find more useful. Yeah, and so and and I'm glad that um Farrell like I'm not Farrell, but Estab brought that up because that is a good question, especially in this day and age, right? We are the in the age of uh in in, in this technology age right now, um where we everything is on like a tablet or on your cell phone, right? We know we know exactly um you know our advances right now. So with that comes knowledge. And in my opinion, I believe that not as many of our peers are going to um, are going to church. I know that we have, you know, our sprinkles of friends and so forth. But if we think about those, uh, you know, our friends that we grew up with when we were younger within the church. Right. Are those same people still going to church? I believe that there are, you know, a handful here and there. But I believe that most of uh, our generation that they are not in the black church. What do you guys think about that? I think that's a hundred percent true. I mm. think, but that's a, a statement across the whole world. Yeah, Christianity is easily in retreat. Yeah. No, the South too. No, the South Same too. The South. All the numbers, all the numbers on church going show that all across the board, all across the world, less people, far less youth under the age of thirty-five are going to church. We live in the age of information. And Christianity thrived during the age of ignorance. The one difference between Christians that took over for the pagans is that all the technology we could have today and you could still have your old pagan gods and they weren't in conflict with each other. Christianity's major downfall, even in its early ages, is it put itself in direct conflict with natural science. Meaning as human beings naturally, as civilization naturally grew and we naturally became smarter, Christianity was always going to have to take an L at some point. And it's taking that L now. That's also been hurt by the fact that the priests are out here raping everybody. Right, all right? Yeah. Like, come on. Touching like, people. If Keep your hands to yourself. Big not even keep your hands to yourself. Stop fucking the children. Like you're older adults in your church for you to take advantage of. Like stop fucking the kids. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's hey, a, we hey, have to this be is not rape culture. This. Don't touch anybody. It's all about consent Some on the, the adult side. Devout, Don't touch no kids. Yes. Some of the most devout Christian countries three, four hundred years ago are becoming the most atheist countries. Europe used to be Christian haven. Christianity is on full retreat there. All the things are trying to come. And then you have to also talk about Islam. When it comes to black Americans, I don't care what anyone says. I don't even agree with all the things in Islam, but black men who become Islamic, they something happens to them that I can fuck with. Mm. Their pride becomes higher, the way they start thinking about their community becomes stronger, and I far think Islam, or at least the black version of Islam, is a little better for black men in America than Christianity. And one thing, actually, just to add on to that, I was looking at the PewResearch.org, uh, and they say that African Americans are more religious than whites and Latinos by many measures of religious commitment. So, for instance, three quarters of black Americans say religion is very important in their lives compared to compared with smaller shares of whites and Hispanics. African Americans also are more likely to attend services at least once a week to pray regularly. Black Americans, 83 percent, are more likely to say they believe in God with absolute certainty than whites, 60 
61% and Latinos 59%. So I'm wondering if that, I mean, granted in regards to, um, you know, what Bro, said, you're you know, black in America, you need faith in something. That, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> like if you're black and you're I'm going to work for that every right single day, you're going that. to work every single day, you're dealing with life for real, for real in corporate America. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're going to need that yep. prayer and fellowship mm. because it's hard, bro. It like is. how do you deal with all these shootings, police shootings and wake up with a smile on your face to go serve Becky and John? You know what I'm saying? Like mm. you pray, <laughs> you get on your knees and you believe in something bigger than yourself because what's in your control seems uncontrollable. I just also seems like nothing you can do about when you're talking about shootings. Um, I just want to, I don't know if anybody saw this cause I don't believe that we mentioned it. It's just a side note, but mm-hmm. that Dallas police officer, uh, who shot that uh, man who was her neighbor upstairs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she was indicted, um, on manslaughter charges. Oh. Um, I think like a week or two. Yay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully Small she gets things. convicted. But, yeah. Hopefully, um, hopefully. And then, um, lastly that Kroger shooting suspect charge, he apparently was charged with a federal hate crime. Oh. I think the one Kroger was the two, the innocent, um, black females, right? Was that the Kroger? And this, um, is, yeah, I'm, it's, yeah. It's sad how I'm not sure because I don't it's, follow. Like it, it was two people. I'm like, oh, that's they a. They all feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> two that people got true. shot. It's not a mass shooting like in America no more. Yeah. It's one of those things. We 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 are we are. Uh, uh, desensitized. To it, desensitized. But uh, <laughs> let's go back to um, our topic. So, uh, what do you guys think? So, in regard, in regards to um, the black church uh, in today's day and age. Yeah, I think. I, I, I think it kind of goes to the idea. I don't think that the black church can survive in its current form. Mm. You you there's just too much information out there. Like back in the day you could control the narrative. So you could say something to Pharaoh like there has been no other um religious figure that sacrificed itself as much as Jesus Christ. And the really only context they had was the Bible. Like where what else were you gonna read? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Now I can go online and be like, Oh wait, no, my ancestors were Celebrating something else before the slave yeah. mass and you can find out me. where you're at. You're and, where you're you Google the downfall of thousand year old. Yeah, and then you're like, oh wait, like this doesn't make any, you know. So I, I, I do think that you know, as an institution, is going to have to evolve. I do think there is a place for it, and I do think that the idea of a, a certain amount of black unity in yes. believing in a singular thing, yeah, is is helpful. Yeah, um, but I don't think that the church serves that purpose anymore. Mm. And I do think that they're going to have to evolve, you know, like part of the reason why, you know, Farrah made that observation that when black men become, you know, study Islam, um, they become more prideful, they become more, you know, upstanding human beings. And part of it is because they are practicing a religion that is built, um, not on the context of, of abject racism, right? Like if you if you're being a Christian now, your whole that whole system was evolved to keep you oppressed. Exactly. It, docile. That, yep. The whole reason for yep. you having that religion was to keep you docile and oppressed. Yep. So when you go to something that is more and you know, Islam isn't even Afrocentric. It's you know, it's it's based on a very specific um region of the world yeah so it's not even that but it's something that does is free of that from you you're not really thinking about race and being docile it's a religion based on their power and their belief yeah so it just kind of changes your mindset around where you're not being like you don't have to wonder why the, the jesus is white like that's not something you have to work they don't even paint him they you know don't. like you're not they even allowed to do that image of the savior <laughs> like, like they think that all men under islam are equal thing to, to serious like serious like king, yeah. yeah islamic king 
cannot treat an Islamic peasant a certain way mm. because under God, they are both the same. And if that king does do that to that person, that's an ungodly act that he's trying to help the caliber. Like yeah. that's, that's a different context in a faith that Christianity does not have. As Estad, that equality yeah. of men. As Estad said, if and I believe Pharaoh also mentioned it too, that if uh, most African Americans, um, you know, didn't grow up within, you know, this Christian, this this Christian way of of, of life, uh, that we most likely would have, you know, been something, you know, been under a, a different umbrella in regards to religion and and our beliefs. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I I think that did you hold on? Did you know that most of the, one of the major reasons why there's so much so many Islamic Africans is because Islam can enslave other islamic people and during the slave trade islam not christians were the majority of people like getting africans to the coastline those weren't mm. christians doing it those were islamic raiders and shit okay the chiefs would switch their whole faith to islam because if you're islamic islamic slavers can't take your people mm. so most of the africans taken into slavery were Pagan Christians were tribal pagan Christians. Yeah. And I, mean, I don't, tribal I don't, I pagans, know. Not, not Christians or not Islam. Yeah. And I know some of our listeners may, you know, probably trying to bring up like Boko Haram or something like that. But these are those are radicalized groups. Like that's not. Well, that's, no, yeah. I, I think too. Like, I don't get me confused. I don't think that uh, there's the a specific Boko Haram. Like, I, I don't think there's a specific religion better. Like, I don't think that Islam is better than Christianity. Exactly. I just think that the context of which you're introduced to it and which you live in it is different because mm-hmm. the context which you live within Christianity is based on a caste system of you being a subject to a white master. Exactly. Like, that's the whole the reason slaves, why you're there. Yeah. If yeah. you, if you also, become. Also, I. W- Go ahead. I will say Christian. I will say Islam had the opportunity to be the better faith. There was like all your science, all your Greek philosopher records. That's all because of Islam. That's all because their scholars in the early part of their faith took that knowledge and rewrote it and translated it. They pretty much invented modern math as we use it today. But something radicalized their faith, just like Christianity got radicalized several times in its own history, and it became something different. Um, so you're right. I thought, you know, man or <laughs> man becometh man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like every, you know, everybody has the ability to do corrupt an institution, you know, and you know, even if you read their, their books is all kinds of backward stuff that's there. Um, I'm just saying that, that you know, like true, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> not, <laughs> everybody has their backward shit. So it's just like, I don't believe that's why I don't believe in organized musician at, at all. all yeah. But I just think that I do think that there is like, you know, when we were talking about initially that, being black in America, you have to believe in something. It's hard for you it's to hard just go, out in these streets. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say like, "Oh, I'm just standing on my own," because it's it's hard to do that. So I do think there is something to have within like a culture. Like yeah. as African Americans, it's hard for us to have an independent culture. You mm. know what I'm saying? So having something that we have a similar faith, we have similar things that all kind of keep us together. I do think there is value in that. Yeah. I just don't know if Christianity is that thing. So what do we say? But see, I'm, what you're okay. hitting on as that is a very valuable point, right? You can have faith among the people without religion. Religion or the religionization of faith becomes the problem because faith in old pagan ways, it wasn't very religious. There weren't priests forcing you to come to things every day. It was a part of your upbringing as a kid. They told you the mythological stories of your people. You believe, you know, these certain nature events happen because of these guys that did things, but it wasn't forceful. Religion doesn't become forceful until Christianity, and that's one of the biggest changes 
about living in a world where people have a faith based on polytheism and when people have a faith based on monotheism. When you're a monotheistic person and you meet someone else, you have to make a choice. To, yep, Either I'm going to yep. let this person live in their little bubble or I'm going to correct their bad behaviors because they're clearly living the wrong way. The wrong way, that's, the wrong way of life. That's what happened. Yeah. That's the one fundamental change Christians brought to human beings that we didn't have before. Making a it good or bad. Yeah. Yep. Bad. Always bad. Because here's the one thing. There's no one way for all human beings to ever live under. We all live in different environments. Some of us live in cold places. Some of us live in hot places. Some of us live in jungles. You want one faith to be able to explain all of us and we're supposed to all accept it? It doesn't work. But paganism... Without human interference. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I I know I have a bunch of gods in Rome. I assume you got a bunch of gods over here in the jungle too, bro. (laughs) Like, what do we we say in regards to like this incoming class of of um of uh, uh, like leaders and officials that we have right now right we just had the, this blue wave you know coming and we know that conservatives are highly religious uh however you know like say like ocasio cortez right is um or you know compared to a um abrams uh what's her first stacy abrams yeah. you know i'm wondering are, if you guys have heard, but I didn't really see much, you know, religion for the most part coming from, I would say, Stacey Abrams or, or Casio Cortez. However, you know, we heard that from an Andrew Gillum because, of course, they are in the South, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that like it doesn't it didn't seem to me, at least, that people like, you know, um, Presley mm. um, were were sticking their whole line on religion or being part of the black church or needing that specific endorsement to get them over the edge. Mm -hmm. You know, they were more touting their, their liberal, um, bona fides, like how liberal they were, you know, like it wasn't really, I I don't, nobody, I don't think people particularly cared, um, what religion they were. And you even have the, cause you have the one Muslim woman who was, you know, um, and it's like back in the day, like that wouldn't have happened. By no you know means. what I'm saying? Like yeah. I think and, Minnesota, she was. A yeah. And it kind of even goes to like Pharaoh's point where, and it was one of the reasons why I, I found religion so confusing was because if you are, if you do believe that your religion is the true religion and that and people need to follow yours, exactly. then you have to believe that all these other people are wrong. Mm. And that they're going to hell. Like you have to believe that. Like you can't believe like the other person. And oh, we have mine. We have your. No, one is right. One is wrong. Which one is it? Yeah. So it's like you know when you have these other people coming up and running for office, you have to believe that they're believing in the wrong thing. It yeah. makes it hard to vote for them. Yeah. Um. So it's one of those situations where now I don't think people take that so seriously. It's yeah. to the point where it's just like what we want are people who identify more with us culturally yeah with our skin color with our gender with our sexuality you're looking at those specific identity points what do i identify with and who matches that who matches identity? that yeah yeah you know so because yeah. we like to, year, us as human beings you know yeah, groups yeah we look at it as like the year of the woman what is the woman like the woman is that identity it's a specific identity that we are trying to elevate mm. and that identity right now is not you know baptist church member like that's not the identity that Working we're trying to push woman, up exactly we're looking you at know, you know yeah blacks um yeah. latinos yep. women you know um lgbt All, community you exactly. know you're, you're looking at those specific identity types and trying to elevate those you're not trying to be like oh i want the pastor of my church <laughs> to be you know because i think he's gonna have the the moral right you're like yeah it's such a passe thing now we don't believe that any of these people have higher morals we've yeah. seen so many of them fall do we think <laughs> that um that's needed within because of course conservatives are as i said are extremely you know uh you know 
Bible thumpers. However, then we see these Bible thumpers be crazy hypocritical. Uh, so is this something that should be within within our politics right now? I mean, or do you see that, as you said, is that dying out? I mean, I, w- I would never... I always tell people that you can't legislate values, right? Mm. Like you can, you can, you can legislate a lot of things, but you can't, like, I, I you can't legislate somebody to be a better person. Exactly. You know, so I, yeah. I, I, I don't see any place for religion or your religious values. What I want you to do is balance the budget, and I want you to make sure my roads are right, and you, I want to make I care about my health care. The, the subways <laughs> right. Because I care about the separation of church and state, and this is the one <laughs> fundamental glory of the modern day century is that we now live in an era where we can have our government without our religion. For, for, for so long, they were one thing. You know what yeah, it's hard to make. Yeah. It's hard to make good decisions when the priest is telling you that because the chickens didn't wake up on time this morning and the fucking floods coming like bro, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah i gotta yeah. plan the damn building regardless if it's on their floods coming today yeah. like i still gotta do what i gotta so do. fair would so, you say but that we have this to, is... i think we have to stick to that so, i think yeah. that's really the problem yeah. people keep trying to bring their faith into government yeah and now we've turned our parties into new churches i think the political establishment we have in america is just a new form it's of religion. A new church i people mean it could be know these things they just believe these things even liberals half the things they want are beliefs they're True. beliefs there's not yeah. realistic things not based on information like yeah. you just made this shit up off the top of your head and you're telling me because you feel this way I have to accept it how is that any different from the Christian who tells me because he believes this way I have to accept identity it identity politics baby thing. identity politics well I mean I don't know if that's identity politics it's more like the idea of you know like like liberals right now want a specific person to be like they believe like Obama is like the greatest president on earth. They don't. They I don't believe care. that I'm with them. They don't care what like what's based on on the factual piece of the argument. And I truly believe that if there was like a liberal person right now who started really switching the dynamic back to like what Republicans are doing, I think like ninety percent of the the Democratic Party would fly with them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? People just fo- like follow behind their political leaders like they are the Messiah nowadays. Wave, you know, yeah. like, yeah. and it's just it becomes a problem when you can't think independently. Well, and that, yeah, that's breaking down. I mean, we see what happened um, with uh, uh, the Speaker of the House, the new uh, what's her name again? Um, the the new Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi, where you know beforehand, you know she had that. You know, everybody's going with her, but now, I mean, she just barely. I uh, for, uh, for from my uh, recollection, just barely got confirmed to be the the Speaker of the House. Granted, um, she was running unopposed, but still. I mean, she got more votes than she did last time in okay. 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, when I before I I know this is like a different subject, but before I um, read a lot about her, I was like, yeah, we should get rid of her. Yeah. And then I read a lot about the stuff that she's done and the way she's been able to keep the Democrats in line. Together. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I like I like me some Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> where, I, <laughs> where'd you read that at? I've just been reading like because I want to write an article about it, so I've been reading yeah. a lot of different like pieces on her and different articles and things like that. And just like the way that you know when she was the head of when she was majority leader in the House, um, she. She presided over the most productive um, sessions of Congress in like the last like 70 years like that's, ridiculous that's now, saying like, a lot about a woman in regards to now or who was the you know our past uh, yeah like of the house Paul Ryan like terrible women, you know like women stand up baby and um then like this after that how she's been able to keep Democrats in line and still get wins mm. 
in in the minority there we go. and then just beat back all of her competition like you know like they've been trying to get her out for years and nobody can even stand up like yeah. that takes political savvy. and she was running unopposed so yeah, nobody can yeah, oppose nobody her nobody was yeah think about that like she's been out of power can we, for just, how long? can we just agree like even though you're saying all these things about nancy pelosi can we genuinely agree that for the era we live in she's not the best person for what we need yeah, you don't need someone who's gonna possibly argue with trump or just piss him off we need someone who can wheel and deal keep trump on the ropes and not in a way where they're easy i think trump will eat nancy pelosi alive well the house democrats i i, I heard on the uh read on the huff huffington poster skimmed in the, be- the beginning of it but apparently they are they have um they already have laid out their plan of legislation and it's not really about like impeachment or anything like that so i'm um, it seems like they're gonna really be holding you know the trump administration um to task yeah i don't i don't know if um they're gonna eat Nancy Pelosi alive from I what I, so, from yeah. what from what I've witnessed of her over these last couple of days when I've just been trying to research yeah. it she she strikes me as a very very strong savvy politician mm. the only thing I think about her is that at a certain point all of the democratic leadership is something over like 75 years old okay like you need you need younger people yes, who right, are yes, able I to connect with yeah. this generation yeah, yeah. so I think like her planning some sort of like secession succession plan would be great for her but like the fact that you know she went into a meeting with a bunch of these people who wanted her out and, and they came, came in out. there with some demands yep. and she was like kick rocks and then they had to leave and vote for her yeah. like I, I was like yo that was such a gangster move i was just like that's why when you know we're like oh she won't be able to stand up to trump i, I have no fear of that but mm-hmm. isn't that the same problem we have right now the people are coming to their politician with demands and they're telling them to kick rocks we're gonna do what we want to do this is why i don't like nancy pelosi i think i look one of my bros said that she's the only person for the job and for that i'll give you some agreement yeah there right now she is i agree great, with that. yeah she's there the only not person. a lot of great there are not a lot of great options but my civilization's on the decline and you're about to give me the same old shit i've already had and tell me it's going to be better well that's I will what they're saying forget that, yeah. how nancy pelosi lost the fucking house after passing health care how democrats completely fucked up the messaging on health care so bad that dem- republicans have done nothing but vote to repeal it for years on end that's her fault so you can't come to me with some oh this she's been around she's a tough cookie and then forget to show what she did when she had absolute power. No, was wasn't healthcare, wasn't healthcare. I mean, in, in my opinion, I thought healthcare was probably one of the. You know, I mean, granted, don't get me wrong, it was unpolished, it was raw, but I thought that it was still a good. I I I think that you you have to add context to that. So. um Usually, when a president comes into power, their power, their party loses seats in the next most election. of the time. Um, and then during that particular one, if you look at the economy, the economy usually dictates where the votes go. So whoever's in power, if the economy is going down, if you look at the first Bush, that's then the other him, exactly, you're part of a recession, and you're yeah. part of the largest recession since the Great Depression yeah. at that point. And mm-hmm. they had to push together a stimulus package, the biggest change to healthcare, and like it was so much stuff that it would have been hard for anybody to keep seats. Mm. I 
do blame her for not taking back the house in 2016. I think there was any time to get rid of her, it would have been then. Mm. But the fact that she was able to hold on to power at that point, especially, I think I give her kudos. I I will like agree that you know I'm saying like she's not the best right now. I I do wish there was a younger like somebody who could connect with this generation who was up in the wings, who everybody was like, yeah, like that was the person to coalesce around. But there's nobody like that. So like I don't know why. Like I don't think just kicking her out for the sake of kicking her out is like a good idea. Mm. Um, and I, I don't think this is going to be bad for the job. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't believe she'll be bad for the job. But she does have her faults, just like everybody. Yeah, you know, she definitely does. No have one her needs faults. to get the fuck out. Um, Tr- Schumer. Oh shit, Schumer <laughs> needs to get the. Fuck well, that one time that he had like that, he allowed them to or allowed them Trump to uh, pass some of the like the like twelve or fifteen judges like unopposed for some odd reason, and and it was just everybody was like, oh, so why is this happening again? Like, and there was nothing about it. It just seems like he's doing some shady shit. Yeah, and the, like recently, like when now that Democrats have power and you know they were talking about budget negotiations he's like oh well how about we put in like 1.5 billion dollars for like yep. um you know border security and it's like what now you don't have to do that you have a whole house of congress yes, yeah hit him with the, the same shit that um <laughs> uh, what's his freaking name mcconnell would have hit you with yeah mcconnell would have been like look we had a wave election yep. we need to wait for the people to get in because this is what the people said so we're not voting on anything yeah like he did with um garland. Fuck you. Do, the, do the garland shit <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. no we have a new election that does happen we can't vote on anything the one thing i don't <laughs> like about democrats is like uh, for me i am at times like a, a tit for tat like they did this like we got to do the same shit like stop trying to turn the other cheek and let's do let's let's be let's well, at least like learn how to use your power yeah like you don't have to be like tit read for tat, the 48 laws of power but like learn how to at least get a better negotiate like you don't go to the same negotiating position you had when you had no power mm. like they had no power that was his negotiating position then he gets power and all of a sudden he's like oh uh, let's go back to the let's same position back to, yeah like come on like it's just a it's, it's a yeah, he needs to go. And he's the minority leader on the Senate side. In the Senate, like, yeah. no. Nah. Yeah, on the Senate Anyways. side. All right, y'all. Well, um, I think we went through everything. I, I do hope that we um, this was a thought-provoking um, conversation, uh, especially in, you know, by ways of, um, you know, wanting you to, you know, think differently and, and you know, out of, the, out of the box, and hopefully you kept a, an open mindset. Um, we we were hoping not to really go, you know, with the the... <laughs> <laughs> the the mainstream like I'm like I'm not moving from from my religious post and, and, and so forth like I'm not really not really you know but however you know we are learning and I have learned with on within this podcast so this podcast has done some good things mm-hmm. where it's like you do want to actually have a conversation with somebody of the you know on, a, on the other side yeah, the yeah. opposing side so that is a good thing all right so are we sending anybody who or not are we but who are we sending to the great fields and or um do you have a gold star point to end this this black church conversation? <laughs> Pharaoh, what do you have? My gold star point, my gold star point is always ask questions, always rationalize things, and never be afraid to go against the grain. I like that. Mm. I like that. Go ahead, Esther. Um, 
If I was going to send somebody to the grape fields, it would be Takashi 69. Uh, we were talking about that. <laughs> we can go into um, some ratchetness right now. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't want it to be a long discussion, but you know, like if you're going to be a rapper, if you're going to put yourself in the public eye, don't believe all your own bullshit. Yeah. And that's what he was doing. He thought he could be a gangster on and not the record be and also be a gangster in real life. He was and on the, the Breakfast Club saying that he can do whatever he wants. And then a few days later, he you was now not able to do anything thing that you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, now you're about to go to prison for life. Yep, denied so, bail. They got a snitch. Somebody you know. somebody was in your camp. What? Wait, what are y'all talking about? Oh, this you're not going to like it. I don't <laughs> even... Yeah, you're not going to like this it. This is rapper named Takashi69 and he's just... I was like, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Already done. Yeah, Already exactly. Done. See, that's why, that's why I try not something to... Something okay. I know you, man. That's why I was like, nah, you're not going to like this, Pharaoh. Pharaoh's not going <laughs> to like I should have listened to you. I should have listened to you. <laughs> but yeah, no, he definitely... Did, I mean, he's in... He's... he's Possibly, literally, and figuratively, figuratively in the grape fields. If we think about it, like he how we to jail for life. Yeah, for, for yeah. life. Yeah, and if he and say if he had some things, or if they were because apparently they were trying to like save his life, and that's why they you know may try to put him in protective custody or some shit. But he's gonna snitch. I mean, and of course. It, it, he dropped everybody at the last, like he, he, like he dropped, he dropped everybody, he fired everybody. Then he was on the Breakfast Club, and then a few days later, he was in jail. Yeah, he was locked up, and all of his, yeah, it's just, yeah. And everybody was warning him. They were telling everybody, him to do Fat this. Joe, everybody yeah. was like, "Yo, slow it, slow it down." He was like, yeah. "Nah, I'm good. Whatever. I can do anything I want." And uh, yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah. and all that money, though. Goodness gracious. Mm. All that money, they froze his accounts, his mama's accounts. Like, don't get me wrong, I bet you he he you know had had like some you know actual cash, like not within not within. Uh, uh, what it matter? Banks. For There's no more money. It's over. Damn. You in jail? What yeah. you gonna do? Get some cigarettes. And my thing is like just like I mean, Bobby Shmurda came out with that hit, and, and you know, it is of course hard to follow. You know, another hit. You know, well, if you're if you know, not if you're Cardi B or whatever the case is, but you know. um now Bobby Schmurter and Tim are in jail. Bobby Schmurter, I think, is getting like seven to eight. I think he'll probably, he'll probably, I think if he has something, he'll probably get like five to ten. But even within that time in our day, on this day and age, it's over. You're no, done. it's over. It's over. You're done. He's with Trigger. Damn. He's with Roscoe. He's with A. Raw. Yeah. All in jail. <laughs> yeah. And then um, uh, speaking of like rappers in jail or out of jail now, Meek Mill just dropped his uh, his album. I think that shit is fuego. That shit is fire. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to go listen to that because the production on it. Yeah. We were just listening before we started this to that Jay-Z verse on that uh, song. That shit was fire. Yeah. But anyways, um, I don't think I'm sending anybody to the great fields. Um, my gold star point, actually, I put this up on my IG. Um, I love it. Uh, your competition isn't other people. Your competition is your procrastination, your ego, the unhealthy food you're consuming, the knowledge you neglect, the negative behavior you're nurturing, and your lack of creativity. Compete against that. That is, that is. Um, I mean, that hits. That really hits close to home. So that's why I was like, that's my gold star point. Apparently, all of us, for the most part, besides Estad, he wanted to get into his ratchet bag today, um, had a uh, had some words of, of inspiration. So um, that's what we're going to end off on. So again, this is the Get Up Podcast. We always ask you, get up, get up, wake up, wake up. And uh, I'm going to say hashtag remember to breathe. And we are out. Boom. Boom.